All right, welcome back once again, everybody. I'm Don Seifert. It's the Dr. Tree Fruit and Don podcast. Uh, we're recording this on Friday, April 28th, but I'm going to try and get this into your hands on Monday. Um, I'm here with Dr. Carrie Peter. Say hi, Carrie. Hello. Dr. Jim Shoup. Say hi, Jim. Good morning. And Dr. Greg Krawcheck. Say hi, Greg. Good morning. Yeah, uh, a rainy, cold morning, but uh, a good morning nonetheless. So this is going to be our fruit bite for the coming week, uh, the week of the first, but uh, it's going to be a little bit of a longer fruit bite because everyone's on here um, for the first time this season, actually. Uh, so we'll get rolling. And and Jim, uh, it's a cold, non-ideal weather for thinning, but I know a lot of folks have it on the mind. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, we're we're well, uh, well past petal fall and the, fr the fruit are growing. It, uh, the good news is, is it looks like we have a, a very good initial set, uh, at least here in Southern Pennsylvania, uh, on uh, apples and pears and things like that. Um, and we're getting some beneficial rain uh, the next several days. Unfortunately, that rain is being accompanied by uh, some very cool temperatures and Based on that forecast, the chemical thinning of apple will be very difficult for the next week or 10 days. That's due strictly to the cold temperatures. Those cold temperatures have an effect on, on several things that affect uh, chemical thinning. First of all, um, it's going to be difficult to get absorption of the thinning materials into the, the leaf due to the fact that it's cold and the, the cuticle is, uh, is gelled up pretty tight. Second of all, uh, the carbohydrate balance will be affected by this. It will be hard to create carbohydrate stress. Simply said, uh, with it being so cold, the, the trees will not have very much uh, metabolic activity. They will not have much respiration. And uh, respiration, of course, is, is spending your carbohydrate balance. And, and when you're not spending, it's hard to create carbohydrate stress. And then additionally, uh, to the, the lack of, of carbohydrate stress, the, the tree simply will just not be as active. Um, there'll be a, a slower, lower response to the chemical thinners. The chemical thinners interact with the tree's physiology and uh, there's just not much going on. So the the uh, the chemical thinners will will have a hard time uh, doing the job that we're asking them to do. The good news is that we do have time. Uh, I've been measuring fruit here in Adams County and Franklin County, and back on Tuesday we we looked at some fruit over in uh, in uh, Lancaster County, and and uh, fruits across this part of the region are are you know six to seven to eight millimeters at the largest, and uh, so we do have time. Um, chemical thinning with our go-to materials our first round of uh, of materials our post bloom thinners is is about a um, from about seven millimeters up to about 17 millimeters uh, fruit diameter so uh, we do have time and uh, the silver lining to all this cool weather is the the growth of the fruit will be a bit slower as well so we do have time and uh, as i have reminded folks at our twilight meetings this week forecasts do change. And um, what I would suggest to you is, is that 
for now, you, you probably want to hold off from chemical thinning. You want to uh, go ahead and uh, monitor your initial fruit set and measure some fruit, see where your fruit are at, decide where you need to thin first and second, and um, see where the, the fruit growth stages are at so that you're, uh, you know whether or not your hand is being forced or whether you do have more time. And, uh, but for now, I think it's best to keep your powder dry and your liquids undiluted. Uh, keep them in the shed and uh, wait to, and use this time to get a better understanding of your initial fruit set and measure some fruit. Uh, when we do get an opportunity to chemical thin, uh, right now it's looking like maybe uh, next weekend would be an opportunity. If temperatures are still suboptimal, as in below 70 degrees Fahrenheit for your daytime highs, um, I would suggest that if you do need to chemical thin, uh, that you uh, direct uh, your attention to using uh, materials containing naphthalene acetic acid, NAA, and uh, or carbaryl. Uh, those two materials do have some activity when temperatures are cold. Um, perhaps not with a daytime high of 56 or whatever it is today, but as we get into the mid and upper 60s, those materials will have some activity. And in comparison, materials that are based on 6-benzyladenine, 6-BA, will, um, will not really be very effective at all until you get up to at least 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, if you do find yourself in a situation where you need to chemical thin, uh, and the temperature forecast is is not ideal. Uh, Carbaryl and NAA are probably uh, your your best bet. Um, I guess an, another way to uh, think about this is uh, the response may be suboptimal, and uh, and additionally, it'll be slow to show its hand. Uh, things are just not moving very fast, and even if you put on an effective chemical thinner, it'll it'll be slow to show this year. Um, it would be a good idea, however, to also make sure that you have access to um, an ethophon type thinner in case you do need to get into a situation where you're doing some rescue thinning. Ethophon and carbaryl would be your, your go-to materials uh, once the fruit size gets beyond 17 millimeters. And, um, you know, I like I said before, fruit forecasts do change, and it, it could be that this is all a lot of worrying for uh, for not, but uh, but it's probably prudent to to take a good look at uh, whether or not you you might have to rescue thin with some of these materials. Brush up on that if you haven't done it recently, and and uh, make sure that you're ready to go. So, I think in a nutshell, um, yep, keep your powder dry and keep your liquids undiluted. Well, thanks, Jim. I'll. Uh... Trust me, in, in about a week or so, I'll be reaching out to you and saying, hey, uh, things haven't gotten any warm. <laughs> you mind coming back on and talking about rescue? <laughs> yeah, well, we and we may have to do that and we'll we'll deal with that when we get there. You're right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Dr. Krawcheck. Uh, after what Jim said, the entomology part is really very similar. Uh, there's no reason to use any insecticides until the weather will get warmer. 
Uh, saying this, I assume everyone already is done with the petal fall spray, at least in the south central PA and or in the southern part of the state. I, I had a conversation with the grower from Erie County this morning, and he said they are pink right now on apples, so it's slightly different. But down here, if the petal fall spray was already applied, it should do the job controlling curculio, plum curculio that was already present in the orchard. It should help with reducing the potential impact of European apple soft fly, as well as, you know, knock down any tarnished plant bug or stink bugs that might be present in the orchard that migrate into the orchard during the warm weather period during the bloom. Uh, saying this, you know, insects are weather dependent. And with the temperatures we had in the last four or five days and the forecast basically talking that we will be in the 50s for the next four, five, maybe more days, uh, there's really no reason to do any insecticides because, you know, we can spray. The point is the trees will keep growing, the surface of the leaves will keep increasing, the surface of the fruit will keep increasing, and the residue or the residual activity of any insecticide, any active ingredients will actually decrease with the time. So I would say whenever the forecast will go into upper 60s or will be predicted that will go into low 70s, you know, that's the time to start controlling insects. What to control at the time? Well, we still have to control plum curculio. And this is the insect that I expect that might be moving into the orchard for a very extended time period. I mean, the model that we're using right now says that we can expect curculio injury for about 308 degree days after the petal fall of McIntosh. Uh, with the temperatures we have, the accumulation at that level of degree days is so slow that, you know, it might take another four, six weeks and the curculio might still be important in the orchards. Uh, the spray that I'm saying right now, you know, do when it got warmer, is basically to put some active residue to protect fruit from the migrating uh, curculio. Plus, uh, we are about uh, at about 40% egg hatch, 40-45% egg hatch of oriental fruit moth that happen to be active during those periods of warm weather. And as much as they were, the periods were short, they still mated and female, females were able to deposit eggs. And those eggs will still be hatching and the larva can still move and larva can still go, OFM larva can still go into top of the terminals, especially on peaches, but also impact fruit. So this is something to remember that that's what the spray will be about. Uh, normally, we would say that end of next week will be sometime close to the first cover spray. And first cover spray, historically, is considered the first application for the codling moth management. Well, 
We don't have a bioflex of cognitive morph established yet. We had few individuals flying last week when we were in the 80s, but you know, in the traps that we normally catch 20, 30, 40, we just got the total of two cognitive morph males. So I don't think we can use this as a biofix. However, historically, cognitive morph always, the cognitive morph biofix always happened during the bloom of apples. Right now, it seems that cognitive morph biofix will happen about two weeks later. And because of that, also the timing to be effective in controlling cognitive morph will be at least delay at least two weeks. So I'm I'm looking at this, and again, I understand that you know there is this tendency to you know use different insecticide at particular time, but if someone try to control codling morph, this will not be in the next two weeks. I mean, this will be more likely three or four weeks from now when the first timing will actually be correct when we can expect a good result of such practices. What it also means, we'll have to look at the traps and decide for how long we'll have to control codling moth. Uh, we had seasons that first generation codling moth was extended until basically end of June. And I will not be surprised if this will be one of those seasons. So that's the important pieces right now to consider which, you know, in the one sentence will be basically exactly what Jim said, you know, just don't start doing anything until we know that the weather is forcing insect to become active again. Saying this, when it gets warm, everything will be trying to catch up. And then it might be, it's better to be prepared. But at this moment for the next week, Today is Friday. I'm talking next Friday. I just checked the forecast and, well, looking at the weather channel is better than looking at the AccuWeather because AccuWeather keeping us colder much longer than the weather channel. But again, it's a forecast. So, but it seems like next week, no need for insecticide. And if you use it, 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 it's probably a waste of money, a waste of resources. So that's all I have, unless, you know, we'll have to talk about more details about something. But at the moment, that's a general statement. So thank you. No, that's a good update. Thanks, Greg. Super appreciated. All right, Gary. Okay. So uh, at the start of the week on April 24th, we were talking about what's what was upcoming. And so... Uh, it, you know, at that point, it looked like it was going to be a rainy weekend. And it, of course, it's coming to fruition. So uh, as far as what people should be thinking about now, so if you're going to be hearing this on Monday, uh, we will be coming out of almost like a three, three and a half day wedding period. And actually looking at the NUA model right now for um, Frex uh, website on NUA, we basically had wedding events from April, starting on April 26. So those rain showers that we had kind of off and on starting on April 26 and 27th, you know, they did trigger an infection event for uh, disease, particularly apple scab. Um, but the biggest one I'm concerned about now is this three to four days that we have um, ahead of us. And 
So we are currently on the downside of Apple Scab. So just as a refresher, when the Apple Scab spores are in those overwintering leaves, they don't all mature at once. So they peak around late pink through early petal fall, which is where we're at, or really on the other side of that. So it peaks and then precipitously drops off. Um, but it will drop off, but it doesn't go from like 10,000 to zero. So we will still have, you know, uh, quite a number of spores still out there of, of concern. But, um, you know, no rest for the weary with regards to these foliar diseases. Marcinina blotch is what should be on everyone's mind right now as we transition from scab. Um, because what our research has shown the last few years, um, especially last year, is once apple scab drops off, it seems Marcinina comes in with a vengeance with um, the early spores. It has a primary infection period, just like apple scab. And this primary period is very critical for stopping the disease in its tracks in order to prevent headaches later on in the season. So especially right now, it is imperative that folks are covered. Hopefully people are covered going into this rainy period. My big concern is with people who do alternate row middle sprays and who may be naked on one side of their trees right now um, um, if for the next couple of days, if, if that's a potential. Um, for Marcinina blotch, um, it doesn't take as many leaf wetness hours to cause that initial infection. Uh, research has shown that, you know, the ideal temperature is like apple scab. It likes it in the, you know, mid 60s to, you know, upper, you know, or low 70s. And for Marcinina blotch, when it's at those warmer temperatures, it's only four hours of leaf wetness. However, research has shown from other folks around the world is that if you have an average temperature of 50 degrees, all it takes is 14 leaf wetness hours. And we're going to have that in spades over the next couple of days. And so I I just did a quick calculation and we're like pushing well over 60 hours of leaf wetness between now and probably early Monday morning. So even though the temperatures aren't the greatest for Marcinina, um, they will be happy enough at this extended leaf wetting period. So I think this is going could potentially possibly be a very significant Marcinina event. So what to spray right now? Um, good thing is, is that whatever you're going to control, use to control for scab will also control Marcinina. So there is no extra spray. There is no extra gymnastics you need to do in order to manage this disease. Why I advocate growers to do right now is focusing on the FRAC group three, FRAC group seven, FRAC group nine um, fungicides. The, so that's your Sevia, your Indar, your Lunaflex, your Luna Tranquility, Excalia, Aprovia, Fontellus, Inspire Super, Miravis, Procure, Rally. Um, those are just a few. Tank mixing those with a Rainfast Mancazeb, you should be good. You know, your, your control should be really buttoned up in the orchard just fine. Uh, and I just want to emphasize is not to get complacent during this time because if you don't thwart that primary period for Marcinina, you'll be chasing control of this disease all season long and you will get possibly pre premature defoliation. You do not want your apple trees defoliating in late August and September significantly because that's really going to impact 
uh, return bloom uh, for next year because I've seen that personally in my own orchard, how my trees are really struggling that have uh, gotten Marcinina blotch a little too a, a, a little too much over the last few years. Um, so it's really important that that this disease is controlled because it's very aggressive on the leaves, much more so than apple scab. Um, if you farm organically, you must be applying fungicides right now. And you're basically your organic control choice is sulfur. The scab resistant varieties are highly susceptible to Marcinina and they will defoliate in no time. So it's, so you may have gotten away with not spraying anything during this time because you have apple scab resistant varieties. Those apple scab resistant varieties are not Marcinina resistant. So please be applying sulfur um, right now. And when to stop? Well, I would do it until early June. I think this month of May, late um, April, a month of May is going to be really important for Marcinina control. Uh, so you have been warned. It's one disease you don't have to worry about right now is fire blight. Uh, it's way too chilly for fire blight. And through our spring meetings this week and just driving around Adams County, I do see a fair bit of bloom out there, but don't worry. It really is too chilly for fire blight. We have no come nowhere near our, our uh, temperature hours to even trigger an event. Uh, all of the models right now are saying very low to no risk. So you can, you don't have to worry. So don't be spraying streptomycin right now. Save those streptomycin sprays, especially if we have any potential uh, significant trauma events during the summer, like hail or high winds. That's when you'd want to be using your, uh, be using your uh, streptomycin spray during that time. Now, don't worry about it. There's just, there's just no risk right now. What you should be thinking about, though, is when the warm weather does kick back up again, is considering apogee or kudos right now. That's the prohexadione calcium. It takes about 10 days to two weeks for that to kick in. So anticipating that we could maybe getting more spring warmer temperatures in about two weeks, maybe, maybe, I'm saying a very, a very weighted maybe there, <laughs> uh, this would give you that protection for anything that could have snuck through during the two major fire blight infection events that we've had so far. And so that was on April 14th and 6th, 14th through the 16th and April 21st to the 22nd. So those were significant. You may not see anything now in your orchard, but trust me, the fire blight is laying in wait. It is out there and just it, it will once the temperatures hit, it can pop. Uh, so in order to prevent anything that could have slipped through the cracks, those two significant weekends uh, that we had the infection events, consider the Apogee or Kudos uh, sprays right now. Uh, as far as fruit rots, um, save your fruit rot sprays until your cover sprays. We aren't quite there yet because it's the warmer temperatures that's going to trigger that. Um, this is your FRAC 11 fungicides. So uh, you probably noticed that I did not mention any FRAC 11 fungicides when I was talking about control measures for Marcinine and Apple Scab right now. S save those FRAC 11s for the cover sprays, the summer cover sprays, like starting in June, I would say. That could change depending on the weather, but I would say early June is when you want to start your rot sprays, your rot prevention. So that's your Maravon, Lunasensation, Flinextra. And just as an FYI and a reminder, those FRAC 11 fungicides don't do anything for Marcinina. So all the more reason to just hold those sprays back 
for a time when you know they're going to work against something like fruit rots. Um, as far as um, stone fruit diseases, cherry leaf spot, this is kind of a disease I sometimes forget about. Um, uh, and I apologize for that, but we are in a good cherry leaf spot wedding event right now. So hopefully folks will have covered up their sour cherries to prevent cherry leaf spot because uh, cherry leaf spot is just like apple scab. It needs the right temperature and wedding event. And we'll be getting that in the next several days. Um, for brown rot, again, captan and sulfur right now are enough to sort of keep things at bay. But really, you can be very conservative. And we you don't have to worry about bacterial spot yet because we just aren't in the conditions for it. So I wouldn't worry about that. And then the last thing I just want to mention is um, since we've been really experiencing a lot of dry, significant dry stretches in between our wedding events, this has been another good powdery mildew year where we have basically dry days, many dry days in between wedding events. And maybe not so much this week, but the last few weeks, they've been pretty significant. And I've already seen powdery mildew pop up. Uh, so powdery mildew, um, hopefully folks that have been struggling with powdery mildew in the past have been on top of this. Um, but as a reminder, you can do this on the cheap with sulfur. Sulfur is a real good powdery mildew. And, and um, powdery mildew, it doesn't require super warm temperatures. It can be happy at 50 degrees uh, as long as the humidity is greater than 70%. Uh, uh, as far as your stone fruit goes for powdery mildew, powdery mildew on stone fruit, rusty spot, that's the powdery mildew that can show up on your peaches and nectarines. The fruit, petal fall, shuck split, first cover, second cover. Those are the four powdery mildew or rusty spot sprays. And I think I mentioned that on uh, the previous Fruit Bites episode. Um, but with that, um, that's it for me for now. Um, just kind of fine-tuning what was said earlier in the week and as folks move forward. As far as next week's weather, um, you know, it's maybe there might be some rain coming in. It's hard to say, you know, it's like we live day to day right now, but I would still be vigilant for as far as kind of circling back to the apple fungal diseases, Marcinina. So apple scab might be out of your mind. Pretty much the scab spore should be all released at this point. I mean, we may have some stragglers. Um, but for those folks who are past petal fall or at petal fall right now, we're on the down end. But just as apple scab is moving out, Marcinina is moving in and May is going to be a very important month to sort of suppress Marcinina. So that's just as a reminder for folks to not let their foot off the gas pedal as we're kind of moving forward um, as we're approaching the month of June. So that's it for me. Cool. I think that sounds good. Uh, doctor, doctor, doctor. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys all for coming on this morning and doing this and I'll get this wrapped up and get in folks hands. And it was, it was big for a fruit bite, but I, I think folks will appreciate it when it comes out on Monday. So yeah. 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 Alrighty. Thank you. I'm glad, glad to have had the, the insect and hort updates in person. So appreciate, appreciate the time of Greg and Jim. Hopefully it will be helpful and, you know, we can help in the future as well. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Glad to Thank you guys. Glad to have been here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Everybody, have a, you guys all have a good weekend. Thanks, uh, you folks too. that are listening all to right. this on Monday, have yeah. a good week. All right. Thanks. All right. So Thank you. Bye. Bye.